Welcome to a live preaching message from the Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, New York City. Kadesh Family Church, Manhattan, is the Apache of the Kadesh Family Churches in North America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message.
Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Why don't you give a clap offering for the menstrual? I said, give a clap offering for the menstrual. You know, I, I thought I was going to see the whole church standing up, giving a clap offering, hearing such a powerful ministration. This is the doing of the Lord. Hallelujah. It is my prayer that every child in this church do something for God. Church is dangerous out there. It's so scary. The things that these days these children are doing will blow your mind. Young children under the age of 18 know more than you do. They can describe sex more than you as a parent. You just don't know. If you think your child is innocent, deep dive in into their phones, you will see certain things. So always pray that your child will have a privilege, will have opportunity to work for the Lord. I said to work for the Lord. For the only thing that can convince children, the only thing that can persuade children to do good, it's not the voice of the parents, neither the voice of their friends, but it's only the word of God that can change them. It is only the word of God that can convict them. For Bible says the spirit of the Lord cometh to convict the righteous and the unrighteous. I mean, you as a parent, you are not perfect. Obviously, even your relationship with God is no, it's, it's not intimate. So your voice is nothing to the child. <laughs> your voice is meaningless to the child. Why? Because the word of God is not in you. So what are the things that you cancel a child? You cancel children on your phone. What you do at home is what the children observe to do. You wake up in the morning, the first thing you touch is your phone. Prayer is nothing in your home. So your children do not know how to pray. Worship songs are not in your home. The only songs that are in your home, I heard somebody call something D. What is that? Young girl, Bakidi, Bakidi, whatever. She's, she's in the movie that is coming up. Huh? What is the name? Kadi. Kadi B. I don't even, you see? If Kadi B is the, is the one who is playing in your song, your child will grow to act like Kadi B. Whoever Kadi B is. But if you have someone whose name is Aida, Lady Pastor Aida, who's singing in your home, praying songs, praise and worship songs in your home, it will touch your heart, child, to know that my body is not for the use of a man, but my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of the Lord. It dwelleth richly in me. Let that, mini, that spirit manifest over your life. Lift up your hands. Begin to pray this morning. Ask God to speak to you as the word of God is coming. Ask God to transform you. Ask God to change your life. Ask God to give you wisdom to speak to your children. Ask God to give you directions how to raise your children. Ask God to give you a spiritual wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, oh God, we ask you to speak to us this morning. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to change our hearts, transform our heart, oh God, Spirit of the Lord. Somebody lift up your eyes. Let your hands be lifted up and lift up your voice. Speak, speak, speak in spirit. Let the spirit of the Lord speak to you. Let the spirit of the Lord speak to you, my God, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit. Casting crowns, lifting hands, bowing down. For we will 
let your voice be heard. Worshiping for two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. Lifting hands, bowing hearts, it's all we've come to do. Casting crowns, casting crowns, lifting hands, bowing hearts, it's all we've come. your prayer this morning he's the only one that can change us this morning if the Holy Spirit is not here to speak through me my voice cannot change you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth the son of the living God father we thank you for such a privilege that you have given unto us to come into your presence oh God father to meet with you oh God to talk with you father to hear from you that yea Lord you will provide for us our need oh God for all that we need is Holy Spirit you this morning Moses said if your spirit does not go with us Lord father he cannot go this morning Lord we want to repeat the voice of Moses to say that Holy Spirit if you don't come down this morning to take absolute control over our life there's nothing that we can do so we ask for your presence to manifest over us we ask for your spirit to transform our hearts we ask for your spirit to renew our mind we ask for your spirit to direct our path oh god we say that holy spirit take away the stony heart and give us the heart that is receptive to your word yes that can hear well oh god in jesus name that we pray amen why don't you give a clap offering unto the Lord? Please be seated. Why don't you come forward? Let's pray over the offering. Thank you very much. The, the youth or the saved, you guys are doing fantastic. Father, bless these offerings. Sanctify them. Bless the hands that giveth. Restore unto them what they have lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning to everyone, and you are all welcome to Manhattan Kodesh family. Um, I bring you greetings from our Lord Jesus Christ. If this morning, if you did not speak to God before you come into this auditorium, I prayed and I spoke to him. And the voice that I heard, the Lord says, he loves you. I said, the Lord is saying to you this morning, he loves you. So if you are here this morning, be ready to hear his voice. Because you did not speak to him when you were living home. But he's here to hear you. The Lord is here. And I bring you greetings from our father, Reverend Kwame. He's not here this morning, but he's back from Ghana. Hallelujah. I said the Lord has brought him back to us. Um, we don't know. Hopefully we must see him because he's on, in transit. So be ready. Don't be quick to leave from the after the first service hallelujah but wait upon the lord also i also want to emphasize of what lady pastor anita just announced for the campus those who are going to the upcoming camp with our prophet please if you are here and you are a parent if you are in this service and after the service you intend to leave i will encourage you not to leave unless you are going to work then i 
would like you to speak to either Shelly, Lady Pastanita, or Rhoda before you leave. There's some important information that must be given unto all the parents. It's very important, though it's short, but it is very, very important that you wait to hear such um, announcement. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Well, you cannot come to church and say the Pastor Nana was talking without preaching the gospel. I'm here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. Hallelujah. And the message that I want to bring to you is a good news. I said, it's the good news. Last week, Lady Pastor Pamela taught us how to be strong, how to become strong Christians, how we must become strong. And one of the things that she emphasized on is the word of God. If you are a Christian and the word of God is not part of your life, then I question your Christianity. Because the Christian life is about the word of God. Jesus said, I am the word. Bible said that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. So the Christ that you are serving him, you don't know him, then it's a problem. Most Christians come to church all right, but hardly would you see them reading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hardly would you see them opening their Bible to read. Most of us have Bible, but they are at home collecting dust. If you take your Bible and you're trying to open, you have to take a cloth and wipe it off first before, because the Bible is not being read. True or false? And some of us, who by the grace of God, we have the money to buy gadgets, have downloaded several versions of Bible on their gadgets. They have all sorts of Bibles that will give you explanation to understand. Though, even if you read King James Version, where the English is difficult to understand, and it says, give it you, where it says that you don't understand. You also have another version of message that will say, and it was given unto you. That you understand that is unto you. But it's you, you don't understand it. You have all these versions, but you do not read them. So it's, it's, it's useless at home. It's useless on your gadget. So let's take the word of God seriously as Christians. Church, nothing can change you but the word. And for the years that we have served God, it is time that we bear fruits of serving God. A Christian who does not bear fruits, you are called fruitless. True or false? There's English called fruitless, right? Lady Pastanita. She, she went to good school. And Uncle Steve is here. Uncle Steve, there's English called fruitless. If you, don't, if you are not fruitful, fruitfulness, you are what? Unfruitfulness. <laughs> Glory be to God. That brings my message from the same book. I'm preaching from this book. How you can become strong Christian. If there is anything you need in your life, it's not how you can become prosperous. Neither it is how you can become a good wife or a good student, or a good marriage. All these things are necessarily, but the ultimate is being a strong Christian. Because when you are a strong Christian, by default, you will be a good student. When you are a strong Christian, by default, you will be a good wife. When you are a strong Christian, by default, you will not be lazy. You will work hard. Because the scripture shows in Proverbs that a lazy man will not eat. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So church, let's be Christians who are so strong. If you are not a strong Christian, Satan will shift you. Church, you are dealing with an intelligent being. That is Satan. He's so smart, so subtle, very strong. But if you don't have that strong word in you, he will take over you. So as a Christian, you must be strong. When I say strong, you should be able 
to bind the enemy. You don't bind the enemy by lifting up weights. You don't bind Satan by running around the trucks thinking that you have stamina. That is not what I am talking about here. Many of us take, take strength in what they do by building muscles, drinking energy drink so that they will be strong, taking all sorts of vitamins. But the only vitamin that can make you strong to overcome the enemy is the word of God. So you must study the word to show yourself approved unto a workman who needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the truth. If you can divide the word, then Satan cannot have control over you. No matter which way the enemy takes you, because the word is in you, you will find yourself out of the Satan. Hallelujah. So it is important that we study the word of God for ourselves. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So my message is from the chapter 9 of this book. I was reading and I believe the spirit of the Lord touched my heart to share this um, with everyone here. How to become a fruitful Christian. How you can become a fruitful Christian. How many of us here know that they have served God for a very long time. And there are certain things that they are looking for. Yes, still, they have not seen God given unto them. How many? How many? I am one of them. A lot. A lot. There are certain situations that you have been prayed for that God will change. But those situations are still there and even getting worse. There are certain desires that you, you, you feel like having in your life. You have prayed for years. You still don't have them. There's a certain house, a certain house that you are looking for, a certain place that you've been praying that God will direct you one day for you to live there for years. You have the money all right, but you still cannot. But that is not how God wants us to live. When, when you seek God first, all other things will be added unto you. And the other things include the house that you are looking for, include the children that you are looking for, include the wife and the husband that you are looking for, include the wealth that you are looking for. So you must seek God first, and you will be fruitful. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. John 15, 16. How can you be fruitful? There is no other way but this. And this is from the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself was talking to us. John 15, 16. The Bible says, Ye have not chosen me. This is Jesus speaking to us. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I, God, have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now, when the fruit is remain, then you have the upper hand. Then you have all the privilege. What are those privilege and those upper hand? It means that anything that you are going to ask Jesus in his name shall be given unto you. So God is saying that you think you chose him because a lot of us say that, oh, I found Jesus. Oh, because you came to church and the word of God was preached to you and altar call was made and you responded to the altar call, you think you found Jesus. But it's by the grace of God, it is Jesus who has found you. You have been found by Jesus because it is his will that none of us perish. So as you are, he's always looking for you. He's always looking for you. The reason why you are alive today is because Christ still takes hold over you. He sent his angels to protect you. If you can attest to it, there are many people that you know who went outside last week and did not come home. If you have listened to the news. And you wonder, how can such things happen? Here you are. You have life. 
eyes to see, air to breathe, hair over your head, life in your body, because the Lord has preserved you. I said the Lord has preserved you, not because you have preserved yourself. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And as a Christian, you should aim to be fruitful. If you have been a Christian for a long time, it's about time you aim to be what? Fruitful. Because God is teaching us how to become a fruitful Christian. This is why Christ saved us. Jesus saved us so that we will be fruitful. Jesus did not save us to remain in poverty. He did not save us for us to live in a painful situation. Other than that, he will not live from heaven and come to the earth and die for us and sacrifice his body for us. The reason why he came that you will be fruitful. He said, I came that the poor will be richer. Then the brokenhearted will be what? Will be healed. Now, if you are still living in brokenhearted as a Christian, there is a problem. And the problem is what we need to rectify by applying the word of God into our life. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. He saved us so that we should go forth and bear fruit to his glory. When you bear fruit, it's not to your glory. I remember there was a message that Bishop was preaching. And as Bishop was sharing, he says, he preached about how to become fruitful. And some of the students, he was preaching at the university. Then some of the students, after he preached that message, one of them came back, I think the week after, or the two weeks after, or some couple of weeks after. And the student came back, and he was celebrating. Glory, glory to God, glory to God. Then he came to Bishop, he said, Bishop, Bishop, the glory of God is manifested. Then Bishop said, wow, so the word of God has affected you. He said, yes. Bishop says, well, how? He says, we are bearing fruits. He said, how? He says, I passed my exams. <laughs> Church, passing your exams is not what we call it fruitfulness. Passing your exam is not fruitfulness. Do you read the scripture? Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. As you have been chosen, God is expecting you. And look, everyone here, because you are born again, you are by default, you are ordained. I say because, you see, you don't have to have a pastor stand in front of you and lay hands for him to give you a title of a pastor before you bear fruits. Jesus Christ, not anywhere in the world I've heard people call him, be preaching and say, Pastor Jesus, Prophet Jesus. They even call full name without, I don't know if we say without no respect. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yesterday I was listening, to, a day before yesterday I was listening to a news and a gentleman has broken into the store. The store that he broke to, his name is Jesus. So he called 911 when he broke into the store. Then the, the, the recipient on the phone, Ask, what's your name? He says, my name is Jesus. He says, Jesus. And what are you calling for? He says, I have come from heaven and I have broken into a store because I have the power to break. It's a true story. It's not a joke. And the guy said, what is your last name? He says, my last name is Christ. <laughs> then he says, but if you are Jesus, why did you break? Do you know it's a stealing? He says, I have power to trample over the scorpion and serpent. <laughs> Listen, without the word of God, people will be deceived. People, people are deceived because they have no idea and they use the name of Jesus for anything. You see what Satan is doing? He thinks that Jesus has power. Now, if you break into a store and you don't own the store, yes, you think you have power because you have not been caught. And the Bible says that the word of God, it breaks every yoke. It breaks every yoke. So the guy is calling stealing as a yoke. And indeed, it's a yoke. Stealing is a yoke. You need the word of God to break that yoke. So as he has broken into the store, he's thinking that the yoke is broken. 
and he's going out doing all these things. His name, and they ask him, how does it look like? He says, I look like Jesus. I mean, everything he says is about Jesus. But the last time I read the Bible, the Bible said that he was born without blemish. Jesus does not steal. Neither does he broke into people's house. Put your hands together for the Lord. So God is glorified when we bear fruit. God has chosen you and ordained you to bear fruit for him. We want God to be glorified. Your ordination is an ordination unto fruitfulness. Hallelujah. There are the keys that will make you fruitful. And those are the keys that this morning I want to share with you. I don't know where we will end, but bear with me. You know, Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. How you can become a fruitful Christian. And I believe from today, everyone here will become fruitful. Hallelujah. I say everyone here will become fruitful because you will leave this place and you will begin to meditate on the word that has been preached today and you begin to apply the word to your life and you begin to act on the word because you want to be fruitful. You want to do well. You want God to be pleased with you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being what? Fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. So how to become a strong or a fruitful Christian is become fruitful by having spiritual goals. By having spiritual what? Goals. What are your goals? What goals are you looking for? Children, I tell you one thing. Most importantly, if you are here, you really want to be a great student, a great child, a child who will be loved, who you will receive everything that you need, even the things that you know that you don't deserve. For you to receive those things, you must have spiritual goals. Not the goals of how I will look like. How, what kind of clothes I will wear. Shoes that you will acquire. But begin to have a spiritual filled mind. When your mind is filled with the Holy Spirit, your attitude is different. Your behavior towards your parents are different. You don't wait for your mom or your dad to tell you to organize your room before you do. You don't wait for your mom or your dad to tell you to do your quiet time. If you are here and you are over 12 years old, doing quiet time is default. 12 years. Jesus started his ministry when he was 12 years old. Pastor, were you 12, when you were 12, were you doing your quiet time? Be careful. <laughs> Be careful with the questions that you ask your parents. You are not there. You are not a parent yet. Neither are you a pastor yet to question that. When you grab the microphone and you are preaching, then you begin to question such. And then you know that you are doing it. That's why you are standing here preaching about. You cannot stand here, not do your quiet time, and tell your children to do their quiet time. Most of us, we do the same thing. What our parents taught us, I always say this word. Everything that your parents taught you when you were a child that you refused to do today. In fact, you are stressing on it by enforcing your children to do the same thing. And you wonder why are they not doing it. It's because you were like that. And the image of the child... That's not come from anywhere. I know many of you will disagree with me with that, but please bear with me. How your child is is how you are. No question. You always say, yes, it's true. The outside have more influence over them, but the children live home with you. What if, in fact, your behavior pleases God, it will overcome them. So when they step outside, the voice of the outside cannot affect them. 
Is somebody hearing me? I'm talking about having a spiritual goals. When you wake up in the morning, you pull your family together. You bring everybody to pray together. When the goals that you have is for the family to pray together, to, to have daily quiet time, to teach them such. Yes, there are a lot of influences. There are many voices without signification out there that are speaking to them. But your voice, your voice will take hold over them. Why? Because you are teaching the word of God. You have spiritual goals. I say you have spiritual goals. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So it is important that you have great ambitions to do something for God with your life. It is important to have a goal. Many of us come every day, but what do we do in the house of God? Some of us have been Christian for years. How many souls have you been able to establish in the house of God? How many fruits have you gone outside and bring into the house of God and pray so that they will be established? Jesus is teaching us the only way for us to receive from him. The only way we can have everything that pertaining to us is us bearing fruits. Going out and bearing fruits. And the fruits being remained in the house of God. That is the only way when that happens, then anything that you ask in the name of the Father, it shall be given unto you. I say, it shall be given unto you. So if you want to receive from Jesus, church, it's so simple. Very simple. Begin to bear fruits. Begin to bear fruits. Begin to establish someone in the church. Pray that somebody will remain in the house of God. Many of us do not come. You know that the church should be filled at this time of the day. You know Manhattan church is so huge. And you can attest to it that there are a lot of people who do not come to church. Now, since you are a believer, a true Christian, how often do you take your own time and stay in your bedroom and lift up your lamentation concerning the souls that do not come to church? How many times do you, do you call out their names and pray and say, Lord, I pray for Auntie Vero. My God, wherever she is, Lord, I speak your word to touch him, protect him, preserve him, bring, him, bring her back to you. Establish her. Many of us have been held by the devil, has been preoccupied as by the things of this world. So we give excuses. Left alone, they will also love to serve God. But like God said to Moses to go and tell Pharaoh, what are you telling Pharaoh? Are you speaking in prayer to tell Pharaoh to release the children of God so that they can serve him? Or you just mind your own business. You wake up in the morning, Sunday, it's time for me. You have that privilege, so you come. So it's easy on you. You don't know. Others do not have that privilege. And it's not like something that they wish for. In fact, if you take if you take a sheep seriously, if you have compassion for them, you can understand why they don't come to church and you will begin to pray for them. But the reason why you don't know is because you don't even interact with them. You don't even ask them their needs. And when you call them, your only question is, how come I didn't see you in Sunday on the church? Of course they will not come. Of course they will not come. But if you begin... To consider their welfare, how they will live, how they will survive, how they even drink or eat or sleep. If you really deep dive in this, then you will pray for them. And they, then they will feel the love. Because everybody dwells where the love of God is. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. As they become fruitful by having spiritual goals, when you have these goals, your attitude towards sheep, are different. Jesus Christ has spiritual goals. And through that spiritual goal, the Bible says in Matthew that when he saw the sheep being scattered, he had compassion for them. He had compassion. What compassion do you have for others who do not come to church? You will say to yourself that you, the burden that you are carrying is weighing you. How can you add someone's issues to yours? Because yours is not even resolved yet. But church, I tell you, 
I challenge you not to try not to fix your issues before you help. Because you cannot fix your issues. It's only God who can help you. And I tell you this, take it from me spiritually. When you consider someone's burden, then the Lord consider yours. If you start thinking about yourself, you will still remain in your situation. Jesus said, how many of you have ten dogs and one is missing? You will not leave the nine dogs and go and look for the other. This is where you care for everyone. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. The one that is missing is so precious. Everybody who is here today, you are very important. But for those who are not here for one or two reasons, they are more precious. That we need to start thinking about them. That we need to start praying for them. That we need to start looking for them. Why are they not here? If we consider ourselves as a family that we have gathered together, as a family we must all gather every day so that we can enjoy one another. But if someone is missing, then it's for me and you to think and reason and to look for what are the things that we can do to bring them back to us. These are the things that we need to discuss. Not how you can buy cars, how you can buy houses, how you can buy clothes, and how you can make money. All these things are important. But a precious soul is precious to the Lord. And the Bible says that a soul is a soul, and it's precious in his sight. In the eyes of God, he wants everybody to be saved. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So you must have the goal of doing something for God. As a believer, if you don't go forward, you will by all means do what? Go backwards. Bishop said, if you don't have an ambition to press forward in Christ, you will have a problem. Christians who have no spiritual ambition have the tendency to become fruitless. Fruitless is English, Lady Pastanita. <laughs> Paul had a vision to keep pressing on. You know, Paul... After all that he did, many of us still live in the same situation that we were before we became born again. Many of us. Because we still cannot factorize the, the fact that Jesus Christ came and died for us and his blood has washed away our sins. So we still lament on the things that we have done in the past. The things that you have done in the past. You used to steal. And since you became born again, you're still thinking about why do you used to steal? Listen, put those things behind. Press on. Press on. There is a goal that you need to press on for. How you can become closer to God. Your past does not count on you anymore. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, your sins will not be remembered anymore. So your past is past. I said your past is what? It's past. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 to 14. Paul pressed on. He pressed forward. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Everybody say one thing I do. One thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and what are the things that are behind you? You know yourself. You know yourself. If you used to have five boyfriends, by the grace of God, maybe you have one. Forget about the four. Press on. One day you will leave the one. <laughs> by all means, the Holy Spirit will help you. If you used to have five girlfriends, and by the grace of God, you have become born again. And you have left the four. And you're still thinking that, oh, because I am at one, it's not fornication. It's not anything because I am doing it with only one person. <laughs> it's a sin. But don't leave church. Press on. I say press on and keep coming to church. The more you come to church, the more the word of God will convict you. Listen, church is not only for the righteous. 
neither is church for the perfect people. There's no one righteous here. There's nobody perfect. So if you come to church and somebody is having an evil eye towards you, just ignore that person. Knowing that that person is not a matured Christian. Because matured Christians, they receive everybody as you are. No matter how you are, we love you for who you are. Just come. Just come as you are. This is when you begin to realize that you have spiritual goals. Because the Bible says that it is the will of God in 2 Peter that none should be perished. And none is for everybody. Including the homeless. Look, it's only by the grace of God you are not homeless. With a blink of an eye, you will become homeless. I have been homeless before. And you try that and see how it feels. So when you see the people outside on the street, you will respect them. I have been homeless. I never thought it could happen, but it happened. Then I have no place to sleep. It was somebody who opens their door for us. Myself and my family, we were all homeless. It took less than 30 minutes for everything that you have. And it can take you less than 30 minutes. Maybe it took me 30 minutes, but you, it can be less. You will not have a place to sleep. Neither would you have clothes to wear. Look, you have even bank money in the bank, but you don't have access to it. You cannot even take that money. So you must respect everyone that comes in your way. No matter how they look like. Because Jesus can come in disguise. I say he can come in disguise. He will not come with suit. Most of you who always wait to see people who are wearing suits and nice clothes before you receive them. Who are driving expensive cars before you want to marry to them. Jesus does not come like that. As a matter of fact, you cannot just start from there. You must start from here. So it doesn't come glitters like that. That is the reason why most of us who are looking for glitters has really been disappointed. I'm looking for a man who has money so he can take care of me. It's good to aim like that. But be careful what you wish for. The money will come, but you will never enjoy him. But if you seek the face of the Lord, God himself will bring someone who will love you for who you are. Put your hands together for the Lord. Are you learning to become fruitful? Paul said, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth, reaching forth, pressing on unto those things which are before. Verse 14. I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When I say press on, I am talking about working for the Lord. Today, you must decide to do something in the house of God. And there is nothing too small for God. There is nothing too small for God. I see Melissa say to you, always cleaning, sweeping. But there are many of us. I know you are not in the help ministry. You also have your ministry. But there come to a time you see people are struggling and not many people's hands are in it. Help! Chip in! That's a family. A family that works together, we stays together. Let's not burden one person. Let's not. Let's not burden one person. Listen, each one of us, if you don't get help, you can be weary. Moses wanted to do the work as much as he wanted to do. It wasn't easy for him. So his father advised him that, Moses, come on, take some people to help you. Because there are many hands and people are there. If you don't reach out to them, they will not come and give their hands. Meanwhile, they have the two hands and the two legs strong enough to help. So choose to do something for God. Begin to have a spiritual mind and you will be fruitful. The reward comes from the Lord. Anytime you do something in the house of God, support the work. Support. Mondays, I do see people who do follow-ups and call. It's only a handful. 
for the entire church, trying to care for the souls that did not come to church. Because the, the good shepherd always wants to know the state of his sheep. So they literally take upon themselves to make phone calls, follow them up, and feed them what they can. After that, there's a meeting to go over. Why don't you do something for God today? Then why don't you begin to bear fruit for the Lord? God said that I have chosen you. The Lord has chosen you. He has saved you. He has brought you into his sanctuary. What are you doing after your salvation? After God has chosen you, what are you doing? And he did not only chose you. He has instructed you. He did not only choose you, but he has also instructed you to go and bear fruit. But you ask yourself, what fruit am I bearing? You want God to bless you. Every Christian is looking for the blessings of the Lord, which is very important. But there are other things that comes before that blessings comes. You cannot go to work and sleep at work and expect your boss to pay you. You will be fired. You cannot be a wife. You just like the title a wife and you don't do nothing at home. Shan't cook. Shan't clean. Don't do nothing. Then you tell your husband, when a man also cooks, it becomes edible. So why don't you also wake up and cook? Ish. Church, there's a reason why your name is a wife. It's not. There's a big difference between a woman and a wife. Your responsibilities are different as compared to the responsibilities of a regular woman. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So we must forget the good and the bad and press on for what is before us or what is on ahead of us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number two, do not al allow curse of the world to kill your fruitfulness. Do not allow the curse of this world to kill your fruitfulness. How can the curse of this world kill our fruitfulness? Mark chapter 4 verse 19. Mark chapter 4 verse 19. Jesus told the story about the sower who went out to sow. The sower, he talks about some fells on the wayside and some on the stony ground and some thorns and some rest on the good ground. Bible says in Mark 4, 19, and the curse of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the world and it, be, it becometh unfruitful. So if you want to be fruitful, you have to kill those things in this world. And what are those cares? The cares of this world. Bishop gave a whole lot of examples of them. And I was amazed. What we call it, cares. The tongues are the cares of this world. The cares of this world are paying your debts. <laughs> you know, we have been deceived. You see, the Bible said that the deceitfulness, the deceitfulness of riches... And the curse of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. You see, the work or the, the work of Satan in this life that we live is for us to have credit cards. Credit cards is so deceitful. It's a money that you have not worked for, but you are using it. In the mind of that, I will pay for it. How many of you knows that what I'm talking about? Who have credit cards? How many of you owns debts? Who is here that doesn't, have, doesn't own any debt? I need to see you by hands. You don't own, you, you, you don't have to. Why are you lifting up your hands? You, you have parents who, you live under the parents' roof. If you have debt, it's a case. It's a serious matter. If you are a child under the 18, living under your parents' roof, don't lift up your hands. If you are a child and you own somebody, come and see me because it's a big problem. Serious problem. How many of you agree with me on that? You eat free. You sleep free. You don't pay rent. You don't pay car insurance. You don't buy your clothes. So how can you own? As a matter of fact, you should be rich. Because the bonuses and whatever gives to you, you should put it into savings. 
That is the wisdom. Don't use them for clothes and, 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 and sneakers and, 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 and unnecessary things. Hallelujah. The deceitfulness of this world. How many of you have credit cards that they own them, that they, they need to pay? Lift up your hands. God is going to help you today. I said the spirit of the Lord is coming over you today. He's about to change everything in your life. You will not own any man. Bible says that own no man. Own no man. You will be delivered from every debt. You are about to pay off all the debts that you own in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. So paying your debts are the curse. Paying your bills and all the responsibilities that go with family life. That fall under this curse. All these things fall under this curse. There's nothing wrong with you paying your bills or looking after your family. Or a husband's duty is to take care of. But don't allow such things to take hold of you. Many of us, because of the debt that we own, we don't even come to church. We have to go to work. Don't put your curse before God. Because you own, you want to do overtime. Because you own, you want to have double job. I have a friend who has not been to church for a long time. And I talk to him all the time. And he says, Charlie, I have a lot to take care of. I say, how about if God, who has blessed you with these things, decided to take them away from you? And he can do this. No, he can surely do that. Listen, Bible said that what do we have that they have not been given unto us? And if we do have them, why do we boast? Look, it is the Lord that has given you everything that you have, including the clothes that you are wearing, including your husband who is telling you don't come to church because he needs to eat, including your children whom you could not even conceive at the time, but you prayed and the Lord sowed a seed in you. And by his grace, you have given birth. Now your excuse is that my child is this, my child is that. I don't drive. My child does not sit in the church. Listen. Your child will not sit in the church because that is the only way she talks. When children cry, they are, that is the only way. They cannot speak the way you speak. So you as a parent, you have to understand the communication. There are several ways of communicating. And a child crying is telling you things that she might need. As a parent, there's something that we call it a parental itness. What is in your mind? Once you see your child crying, either the child is wet or the child is hungry. Based upon you as a parent, your instincts. Hallelujah. But for us, we become so frustrated. So frustrated in such a way that you make God feel like, why did he even give you birth, give you a child? Meanwhile, you fasted, you prayed, and you asked God for a child. So it is to many of us, husbands and wives. You see all your contemporaries, your age groups, you graduated with them. They are all working, all right, they have profession. Everybody is working and married except you. Then you worry why you have not married. So that becomes your main prayer, your main prayer topic every day. Lord, give me a husband, please, Lord, and I may serve you. In fact, you make a covenant with the Lord that if the Lord give you a husband, you will serve him. Now here comes the husband. God has answered your prayer. And now the husband is your God. You don't come to church anymore because you and your husband have to do certain things together. You don't come to church because your husband is not coming. You don't come to church because the man you have married to has a car and the car, he's the only one that drives. But in the past, before the man, you used to take a train on your own. You used to take a train. But since the man came, train is not part of your life anymore. Excuses. Don't let the curse of this world kill your fruitfulness. Let God be the center of your heart. Let God be the first thing in your life. Proton. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness. Let this Matthew chapter 63 become part of your life. Anything that you do, ponder on this scripture and your relationship with God will be different. You will begin to have spiritual goals. You will begin to overcome the curse of this world. You will not allow the curse of this world to preoccupy you and not serving God. Rather, you will put God first. When it's time for us to pray, you will be the first to be there. When it's time for us to meet in the church, you will be the first to be there. When it's time for us to have all night, you will be the first. Because you will become prorated. You will always think about God first because he is the one that giveth unto you. And he is the one that has made you who you are. It is the Lord. Church, let us become strong Christians. Christians who will overcome the enemy. Christians who will overcome Satan. Christians who, when we open our mouth, the knee of Satan will bow. Stand onto your feet and put your hands together for the Lord. Begin to pray that grace will abound unto you. That grace will find you. That grace will be upon you. That you will become a strong Christian. A Christian who will have spiritual goals. A Christian whose mind will be filled with the Holy Spirit. When your mind is filled with the Holy Spirit, your attitudes are different. Your body language is different. Your relationship with one another is different. As a matter of fact, you have love towards one another. We're talking about the agape love, the God's kind of love. When your mind is filled with the Holy Spirit, your relationship with your spouse is different. You begin to respect your wife regardless. You begin to treat your wife with respect. You begin to treat your husband with respect. You begin to love them for who they are. Church, realize that you are not perfect for there is none righteous. It takes only the word of God and it's by his grace we are who we are. So let's begin to have compassion towards one another. As a church, let's love one another. This is the only way we can become strong Christians. If we want to be strong, let's team together. Let's love one another. Let's have compassion for one another. Lift up your hands with all eyes being closed. If you are here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ, you don't know him as your savior. You don't know him as your master. You don't know him as your Adonai. Lift up your hands where you are and I will say the prayer with you. Church, a life without Christ is a losing game. Today, the Lord is giving you a privilege to come to him to give your heart to give your mind to give your soul unto him and he is here to welcome you the Lord is here everybody say after me Lord Jesus I thank you for today for forgiving me my sins and cleansing me from all unrighteousness thank you for the blood of Jesus that has made me whole. Please, Lord, write my name in the book of life that I may serve you, that I may serve you in Jesus' name. If you have said this prayer, I believe the Lord is going to be with you and your life will never be the same. Put your hands together and have a seat. Please be seated. We brought, we brought the first service to the end. Um. We hope that you've been blessed. Come join us for any of our services. Contact us on lci.newyork at gmail.com and visit us on the web at www.lcimanhattan.com.